Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. Open your Bibles uh, with me to Luke, to Luke's Gospel, chapter uh, 2. We got one more message in this series called The Spirit of Christmas, uh, and um, we have been focusing on this Holy Spirit and the, how He was involved in the whole Christmas story. And um, I hope you, you've been enjoying this. I know Christmas Eve was one of the best Christmas Eve services, by the way, that we had. How many enjoyed that Christmas Eve service? Amen. Wasn't that awesome? In spite of everything that was happening, it was just a great turnout, just a great night. And, uh, but we've been looking at the Holy Spirit. We looked the first week, uh, a message called Blameless But Barren, how you can be blameless before the Lord, and we are blameless before the Lord, but still be barren in some areas. But God, but through His Spirit... He can, uh, will bring things to pass. And then the second week was with God, nothing is impossible. And we talked about miracles and how the Spirit of God does miracles today. It's all through the Spirit, Spirit of God. Jesus said, I work miracles by the Spirit of God or by the finger of God. And, and uh, he just has his own agenda. The Holy Spirit has his own agenda. I mean, know that. Uh, Jesus was teaching one time, and the Bible says while he was teaching, the Holy Spirit was present there that day to do miracles. I find that very fascinating, that Jesus was teaching, but the Holy Spirit was present, ready to heal. We can get set to do one thing, but the Holy Spirit say, you know what, I want to do this today. And that's why I think it's important as churches, and, and we practice that the best we can, to be open to the Holy Spirit. If He wants us to worship for three hours, then we can worship for three hours. If you got to go home, God bless you, go home, whatever it is. But we, I think it's important that we yield to what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Because I have found when the Holy Spirit has His way, He can do more in that moment than we can do in a month. Amen? So it's been about the Holy Spirit. He's able to do miracles. With God, nothing is impossible. And then last week was the spirit of truce, how the Holy Spirit wants to, wants to bring people together and reconcile relationships and reconcile us, first to God and then us to one another. Amen? And so uh, hopefully you watch those services. If you haven't, you can go and back and watch them. It's all about the Holy Spirit. And today we find ourselves with uh, one of my favorite stories with a man named Simeon. Everybody say Simeon. This took place a week after the birth of Christ. So it's actually right now. This is when it's happened. I always tell you, find yourself in the Bible. Well, this is right where we, where we are in the Bible. It's a week past Christmas. And we find this man named Simeon who's been holding on to a promise of God and waiting for it to come to pass. And he had expectancy and he wasn't just surviving, but he was thriving in a very uh, dark time. We think the Christmas story and the birth of Christ was all cozy and, and very you know, nice and everything was perfect. It wasn't nothing like that. Uh, the scene of Israel, was they were under oppression by the Romans. It was ugly. It was barbaric. It was uh, unfair. It was tough. Uh, it was just an awful time in, in history for God's people. But you find people throughout the Christmas story or throughout this story of, of Christ being born who were holding on and being faithful to serve God. And this is one of them. This is Simeon. And so we pick it up in chapter 2, verse 25. And it says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem, Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation or the comfort of Israel. He was waiting for the Messiah to be born. 
and watch this, the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by who? The Holy Spirit. That Simeon, he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Verse 27, so he came by what? The Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and he blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all the peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. That's us. That's us. And the glory of your people of Israel. And Joseph and his mother just marveled at these things which were spoken to him. Imagine that. This is a baby dedication, by the way, is what's happening. And Simeon takes him and says this over the whole, the whole situation there. Verse 34, then Simeon blessed them. He blessed Mary and Joseph. And he said to Mary, behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel. The fall and rising. The fall is because unfortunately many will not receive Christ. That's just the way it's going to be. And for them, Christ is a stumbling block. What is meant to bring them hope and peace because the hard hearts of mankind has rejected Jesus, it's going to be the reason of their fall. For as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the sons of God. Jesus said, I did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that through me they may be saved. However, who does not, whosoever does not believe in me will be condemned. That's what this means. But for the rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. And then he looks at Mary and he gives Mary a personal word. And he says, a sword will pierce through your own soul so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. This happened at the end of Jesus' life. For Mary, you got to see the human side of this. Mary is a mother. A mother. All she knew is that she was chosen by God to carry this, this child. She didn't understand it all, but she still loved Jesus as her only son, her first son. And to see him crucified and what the Romans did to him, that's what Simeon is saying. One day, it's going to pierce your own soul as a mother. And uh, they marveled at this and they held these words in their heart. And then Simeon departed. But I want to title this today, Simeon's Moment. And I want to put your name in that. Your name in there. Billy's Moment. Lindsay's Moment. I want you to get into this message today. Holy Spirit, have your way today. Speak to our hearts. Will you would have us to hear from you today, Holy Spirit. As we are expecting, God, I pray that those promises that you have given us, some, Lord, maybe have forgotten about them or just put it on a shelf and thought it was not going to happen. I pray today that they will come to life. Those that may not have found a promise from you yet today, I pray you would speak one in our hearts today. A fresh one for 2021. A fresh one. Come on, if you need a fresh promise, I want you to just raise your hand and say, give me a fresh promise today for 2021. A fresh word of your spirit. God, we pray that today in this moment, in this atmosphere, Father, of miracles as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated today. A week after the birth of Christ, 
This is Simeon's moment. So as a man, and I love this story because he's just a man. He's not a priest. He's not a, a singer, a worship leader. He's not even a doorkeeper. He's not a, an usher or a greeter. He doesn't have no official title. He's an ordinary man. The only thing we know about him is that he was, he was waiting for God's promise. He was a, a just and devout man, but he was just a man. He gets this word from God. We don't know when it was uh, that he would not die until he's seen the Messiah. And he's holding on to this word. And he's just holding on to this dream, this, this promise that God has. Let me tell you something. If you keep your dream alive, your dream will keep you alive. And it says that he would not die. He would not die until he saw the Lord's Messiah. So he's holding on to this promise. He comes into the temple on this, this uh, specific day. And uh, he sees Mary and Joseph, and there's no doubt you can spot a baby dedication. Just like today, you can see a ceremony. It's like, kind of like a wedding. If you saw a wedding happening, you, you knew it was a wedding because of the, the clothes and the way everyone is positioned. I mean, and back in those days when the priest would be out and, and to do a baby dedication, you knew what was going on. So Simeon saw that happening, uh, and he just walked right over there. And after all these years, Steve, of waiting on God, and when is this going to happen? He finally looks and he sees, and they obviously must have knew him uh, to just let him hold their, their baby like that and to reach over. But I want you to see this. There's pictures, there's portraits out there's a, of this one moment, and it's called Simeon's Moment. And he grabs the little baby Jesus, and he just holds him right there. That's Simeon's Moment. That, that's, that's the moment, a snapshot of his life when finally what he's been hoping for, what he's been believing for, has finally happened at Simeon's moment. And I, I just want you to know that I believe we are going into 2021. I believe that it's going to be a year. I'm not just saying this to get you excited or to make you feel. You believe it if, if you want. That's up to you. I personally believe that 2021 will be an opportunity for the church and for God's people like never before to seize these moments, to seize the moment as a church. I believe for you to seize your moment for what you've been believing God for, and it's going to happen in 2021. I believe that in Jesus' name. You receive that? You believe that? 2020 has been a tough year. Uh, we started out, this is going to be a year of vision. You get it? 2020. I thought, you know, every pastor was going to be preaching on vision. I didn't. I started off preaching about angels and demons <laughs> and how the world, there's a supernatural world, a spiritual world that is more real than this world and that things happen and had no idea that that would be exactly a setup for this virus to hit and shut us all down. But it was like everyone talking about, you know, vision. And it's just like the devil came around and poked you right in the eye. Remember the Three Stooges? <laughs> Gave us all a right in our eye, man, didn't see nothing, and just, just knocked us out. It's just a year of uh, interruption. It's been a year of interruption, trying to plan something, trying to get something going. Maybe in a couple of weeks, okay, this thing should pass, and we're going to pass, and this thing's going to get back. You try to plan an event. Sure enough, it got suspended, got uh, uh, interrupted, had graduations uh, that were just totally interrupted, Weddings interrupted, all kinds of life celebrations. Just it's been a year of interruption. It's been a year of resets. It's just just everyone just having to sit, you know, reset, start over. And what's been so frustrating is that it just kept going. 
It's still going, but I believe we're coming out of it. And uh, cancellations. How many's canceled something this year? Amen. It's almost a dumb question, all right? You canceled. It's just a year of cancellation. Well, what always happens throughout history, throughout the Bible, throughout times like that, is all, what always follows that is a, is a time and a season of renewal, a season of revival, a season of um, back to things that were not before, but even better, new beginnings, restoration. That's what I, I'm, I'm believing and focusing on that to happen. And so the purpose of this message is to get us ready for that is to get us to not just, you know, just survive and hold on to what's happening. No, we need to stir. The Holy Spirit wants to stir that in our hearts today and, and to stir an expectancy that this is going to be a, a great year. This is going to be the, the season that God starts to bring things to pass. How many is with me on that? I believe that. I'm choosing to believe that. I'm choosing to act on that. I'm excited. And the more I think about that, the more I do get excited. And the more that God begins to speak to my heart about it. There's a few things here about Simeon that I want us to look at as we go through uh, this, this story just for a few minutes today. And then we're going to pray. And uh, I, I want to pray the service out as our last service of the year. Sometimes we would have a New Year's prayer watchman service or fellowship time. We were planning on having something like that this year with the gym and the space we have now. Uh, but uh, it's not going to be that way. You're going to have to continue to do it uh, at home, amen, and celebrate like that. But uh, looking at Simeon's life here, I love this story as we go through it. There's a few things there. Verse 25, first thing that comes out in that first verse about Simeon is it says, he was, a, he was just and devout and the Holy Spirit was with him. Did you see how ho the Holy Spirit was active in his life? The Holy Spirit was with him. The Holy Spirit gave him a promise, and then the Holy Spirit led him into the temple. I want you to see that today. It's all the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit was with him. The Holy Spirit gave him this promise, and then the Holy Spirit led him to this promise. Anybody see that? But it says he was a just and devout. He was just and devout, and the Holy Spirit was with him. What's that mean? That he was a man of faith. He was a man of the Spirit. He was a spiritual man. He was a a man that's sought after God. And let me this is not just for men, but this is for everybody. What kind of person you are? What, what, kind of, what, what, do, what do people use to describe you? What are some of the words that you think people describe you? Uh, you you're, you're known for this, or you're known for that, or you've got this much money. You're known for working here, or you've got this. And let me tell you something. This is, this is something you need to write this down. It's repeated throughout the Bible. This is what Jesus taught. This is what is so important for Christians. And that is who you are will always matter more than what you do. Who you are will always matter more than what you do. Simeon, it didn't even tell us his occupation. It didn't tell us his, his financial status. It didn't tell us any of that. In fact, most of that is hidden from all of these characters that God has chosen. Why? Because it's not as important uh, what you do as who you are. Who you are will always, always matter than what you do. So I want to, for those of you that may not be happy with your job, those of you that may not like what you do for a living, and you're just, you just do it because it's, it's to bring home a paycheck. Let me tell you something. i got good news for you. That's not what the most important thing is in your life. 
No, no one, uh, and, and we are honest with ourselves. That's, that's, we know all about that. That's what we just dis- discuss about people. You know, you hear people say all the time, uh, man, so-and-so, man, they got a good job. Or that person, man, they got a lot of money. Uh, but and then you, they start hearing about what, what kind of person they are. You know, someone that's like, uh, man, they make a lot of money. But you know what? I, I wouldn't trust that person as far as I can throw them. Or, or, you know that person, man, they got a nice car, but you know what? Don't ask them for nothing, man. They, they just, they're so unreliable. Or, 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 man, he seems to always be at work, man. He seems to be winning it. He seems to be, you know, doing this. But, yeah, man, but he's been, you know, through this. He's been this kind of problem. I mean, we, are, we all know that. What, what, what's going on? That's exactly what I'm saying. We're known more for what kind of person we are than the things that we do. And you flip it around, you can say, hey, uh, you know, that person may not be the richest person. They may not, not drive the nicest car. They might, may not have as much money. But, man, you can count on them through thick or thin. You can count on them. They will give you the shirt off their, you know what I'm talking about. That kind of person, they're just always there for you, man. They're just always there for you. So we're always going to be known for what kind of person we are. Not by what we do. And being a person of faith, being a Christ follower, that needs to become your identity, is who you are in Christ. Not what you do. What you do are just assignments. Your assignments will always change, but your identity in Christ will never change. Please don't ever forget that. You are not what you do. Well, I, I'm a, I drive a truck for a living, so I'm a truck driver. No, you are a Christian. You're a man of God driving a truck. I, I'm a school teacher. Yeah, you're a school teacher. Thank God for you. But you are a, a man or a woman of God. Do it, do it with excellence. And everything that you do, you, you, you do it as unto the Lord. I love what Tony Dungy said. He was one of the greatest coaches in, in, in the NFL. And there's talks out that he may come to Detroit. Please, Lord, let it happen. I don't care where he serves. Put him, I don't care, but we need something. We need to, amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. But what he said is he said, I never taught our boys just to win a football game. I prepared them to win at the game of life. He's, and, uh, he, you know, and people hear his speeches and, and hear him talk, and they think he's just a religious person. And uh, No, it's nothing to do with religion. Those are just things that people love to put titles on people and, and love to drop it into this box and drop it into that box. No, you need to put that all the way. Let the Spirit of God move upon your heart today. If he is stirring you to be more uh, like Christ than to bury your head into a job of 80 hours a week, then listen to what God is saying because who you are is always going to matter more than what you do. Your kids ain't going to matter how, many, how much money you made this week. Yeah, you can buy them more stuff, but they're going to remember that we were able to serve God and make it through a year of 2020. I, I remember coming home from a, being a little boy and, and hearing my mom praying for us in the bedroom and praying for us and in and out of trouble my whole life. But mama was always believing in me that God's got something great for you, Eddie. And, and to hold on, I remember watching my dad uh, coming home from Forbes when he was, got saved and he changed. He quit going to the, to the bars and being gone all weekend. He began to come home and spend, spend the weekends with the family and praying and taking us to church and praying over us when we got sick. And I can't tell you how much money my dad made and all this stuff he did, but I will tell you what kind of his care. We are always going to be judged on our character, not on your career. And I just want, I want to ring that out today because 
We get our mind, we're starting a new year, and already we're going to put them goals in place. You know, last year was bad. I didn't get to make this much money, or I didn't get to do that. Yeah, that's if I have goals. Your body needs to have plans. The Bible says a man plans his way, but God directs his steps. So we have a part to do, and God has a part to do. God will not do our part, and we cannot do God's part. So you plan your ways. Absolutely, those are goals. But I'm not talking about just having goals. I'm talking about having a promise of God. You know, having some, some, something that's going to last, some substance, some things that you're going to be remembered for. What you do. People say, man, that lady, you know, goes to church every week. But, man, she'll talk about you behind your back. How I many you know some people like that? Or they go to church or this way. They go, most religious person in, in, in work. This guy at work, I'm never forget when I first got saved, started going to church and, and he came up to me and he said, uh, to me, he was uh, my fleet manager, uh, my boss actually. And he said, yeah, you know, some of the most, uh, I, I knew a guy at my work. He was the most religious guy, you know, went to church all the time. And then we, he got caught stealing, you know, money out of the thing here. And he just, he said, and I'm, he's telling me these stories, these tragedies, one after another. And I'm just listening to him. And I said, why are you telling me all that? He goes, I'm just seeing what kind of man of God you're going to be. So that's how I got my start. <laughs> I had another guy at the work walk up to me, and he, he said to me, one morning, I was helping loading this truck, 25 years old, I just got saved, man, it's the greatest time of my life, I'm, we just started going to church, man, I'm reading in the Bible about being a man of God, and David and Solomon, and I'm trying to turn it around for me and my girls and my family, and I, I want to get what I'm preaching to you today, and I'm feeling all good, I had my morning devotion before I got to work, and just had one of them good days, amen, and I'm helping this guy, and uh, he was one of the oldest workers, very respected at, at work, uh, the, the owner knew him, and it was, he just carried a lot of weight, and the things he said, everybody loved him, and and I'm loading his truck, and out of nowhere, he just gets out of his back of his truck, and he's getting ready to hand his paper in. He looked over at me, and he goes, you ain't no man of God. I didn't even know what he said. I kind of was taken so back by it. And I go, he goes, you ain't no man of God. And he just walked away from me. That was it. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? And I just had a couple of weeks of just people just saying that to me and just getting hit with these missiles and getting hurt, you know, with just like, man, what's going on, God? I never forget that I went to church and on that Sunday, man, just went out of routine, you know, like we do, get in the church and pastor got up and he began to talk about if everybody's come against you today, then you, you need to rejoice because God's got something great for you and you need to, you know, lift your, and he just began to lift my spirit and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I've called you, you are a child of God and I'm going to do great and wonderful things through you. Just something as simple as that. And when I got that word deep in my heart, man, it didn't matter what other people said about me. I knew that what God said about me, that's my identity in Christ. When you get a word from God, it will change everything. I love that song, Elevation Sings. One word from you will change everything. One word from God. I've had words that people's given me. I'm sure you probably have too. Some of them were prophesying. Some of them were prophesying. How many's had them? Thus saith the Lord. And he did not say anything you just said. <laughs> and then you do have them words that are from God. And I've had them. But I can tell you what the best word is, is when you get alone with God and you seek God 
and the Holy Spirit speaks something directly into your heart, directly into your word, in, from his word or something, and you discover it. That is the word that will change your life forever. It's one thing to come here and hear me dump truth on you every Sunday. That's what I do. That's what I'm called to do. And I will continually, continually do that. But it's a totally different thing for you to get into your word and you discover the truth of God for yourself. Jesus said it's like a man who finds, who discovers treasure in a field. He immediately hides it, goes and sells everything he has just to buy that field. Why? He discovered truth for himself. When you discover a word for you, from God for your life, a word like Simeon did, a word that didn't come from a prophet, he said he, reserved, he received a word from the Holy Spirit. He hung on to it and it changed his life forever. That was the second thing, that he received a personal promise because of his personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. He received a personal promise because of his personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. It said it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's, Lord's Christ. That, that's, no one has ever received a word like that. That was a personal word to him that the Holy Spirit gave him. And he just kept that word alive that God was going to do something great in, in, in his life. What is the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart about? What has he given you? Maybe he's already spoken a word to you. Maybe it was at a revival service. Maybe it was a quiet place at home earlier this year. Maybe it was five years ago. As I said, I received a lot of words. One of the last ones was that when I took over the church and began to pastor, the first word God gave me is he said, if you will make this a place of my presence, if you will, if you will honor my presence and value my presence above all, then I will bless your church and God will, will bless, I will be a blessing through you. And that's where it came from, the, our vision statement, to be a church of his presence, his promises, and all people. That, that was a word that he just spoke into my heart like that. And when he drops a word in your heart like that, it could be that, you know, your son's going to get saved. Your daughter's going to get saved. You're, you're married. I had a friend of mine that came through Life Challenge, and he was uh, single and, you know, going after God and getting his life together. And, and um, he was, you know, wanting to get into a relationship like all singles do when you're younger and looking, and there ain't nothing wrong with that. Amen. I'm all for it. You keep looking and going. But he said, you know what? God spoke to my heart and said to seek him first. And he said, I'm just going to put this relationship thing on the side. And he did. He put that relationship on the side. He just went after God. I mean, he went after God with everything that he had. And uh, he graduated. He said that God gave him a picture in his mind, him standing in church with this beauty. He said, he said, Eddie, she was hot. <laughs> this beautiful woman. He said, he said, I couldn't really see your face, but I just knew she was hot. <laughs> so that's faith, brother. Amen. Well, are you going to believe God for an ugly woman? I'm just saying. Well, you gonna <laughs> if you're going to dream and get a vision from God, get a good one. Amen. And he did, and he said, here's the thing, and I, I just pictured us worshiping God in church together, lifting our hands and serving God. Within a year, he met this young woman at a church going after God, and they're now married, watching probably from Chicago. Now, bless you, Jeremy, amen, and um, these visions come, but you, he got that word. When you get that word from God, Joseph was in prison, the Bible says, that Joseph was in prison, but you find this little tagline, but the Lord was with Joseph. How was he with Joseph? He wasn't with him with an angel. He, wasn't, he never appeared to him. It was the word that was with him. 
It was that dream that God gave him when he was just a little boy. He made a mistake and told his brothers, and his brothers threw him into a pit. Sometimes you can't tell people what God has dropped into your heart because they will get jealous. They will. They will. I'm just telling you. Sometimes you, some things you just got to keep there in your heart and just let God have his way in your heart. But 2 Corinthians says this, the grace of the Lord Jesus, Paul is saying this. Notice what he says when he ends his letter to the Corinthian church. I want want you to see this. He's saying goodbye and he's saying, he's uh, closing his message, but he says, the grace of the Lord, everybody say grace. We preach about the grace of God. We thank God for the grace of God. And then he says, and the love of God, everybody say love. We know all about the love of God. Our songs are about the love of God. So you got the grace of Jesus Christ. you got the love of God. And then watch this. You don't hear many churches talking about this. And the communion, which is the Greek word for fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with you all. Amen. Paul is saying, I'm expecting you to have a communion, have a fellowship, have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. When you get up in the morning, I expect you to have a relationship with God. That's what we mean when we say Jesus is in your heart. Jesus is not in your heart. He himself does not come into your life. I know we teach our kids that, and we believe that, and and it's kind of true, but the Bible teaches that he is at the right hand of the Father. What happens is when you get saved is the Holy Spirit of God comes into your life and makes you born again. He lives in you, dwells in you, and empowers you and works through your life. It's the Holy Spirit. You see that? And we are to, we can talk with the Holy Spirit. We can actually pray. The Holy Spirit will pray through us. And I'm telling you, as we commune with the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me at 2020? I mean, I made it through this year. Why? So many didn't, but I did. What purpose do you have for me? Some of you, this is your, you're the only one in your family that's serving God. Out of everyone in your family, you got saved this year. You're in church this year. You're coming and you're watching online and you're getting in your word and you're, why? You need to ask the Holy Spirit, why now? Why me and why now? What, what is the purpose? What plan do you have for me? Why am I not out there running around? Why did I not lose this and lose that? And some, some are all over the place emotionally and every other place, but you're walking with the Lord. As you talk with the Holy Spirit and as you commune with the Holy Spirit, He will begin to show you. He will begin to speak to your heart. He begin to tell you things. He begin to show you things. I was reading back in a journal that I had, and I, I love the journal. I don't know about you, but I've been doing this for many years. Uh, back in high school, I had an English teacher and I was a senior in high school, and I always slept in history class and English class. And so in order for me to graduate on time, I had to take four English classes. The devil is a lie. Anyway, uh, four of them. And I had the same teacher. And so she was big on journaling. She would make us journal. And she said, I'm not going to read your journal, uh, but I want you to get into the habit every day. You had 15 minutes uh, left in the class. Everybody would have the journal. And she would walk through the class. You couldn't just scribble. You had to actually write something. So I was forced to write. And it was right at the time when I met Melinda. It was right at the time when, man, I, all kind of stuff. And she wasn't going to read them. So I put everything in that thing. I mean, I put stuff that 
uh, that are illegal. <laughs> I put, I, I wrote in detail. And then I did the stupidest thing. Senior year, we all got excited, man, and started throwing our, our trash out of our, out of our lockers and throwing them into the hallway. And, yeah, it's the last day of school. I grabbed that, that journal. It was a thick journal. And flung it down the hallway. Yeah, I'm out of here. And, man, we'd be just filled, we just, you know, trashed the whole school. I would give anything for that journal right now. <laughs> I did. I looked for that journal later in life and, and uh, looked at my mom and dad's house and I threw it away. So stupid. I don't know why I'm telling you that. Don't throw it away. Record it. But anyway, the point was this. It got me into a habit of writing. And I look back at my journal and I look back at it, the things God has spoken to me. And I just typed in personal word because I knew that's where I would find where I wrote these. And I began to go back some of them way back in 2015. And I begin to read, and man, it's amazing. It's amazing what God has spoken and said. I forgot, but I came to this building and I sat back in this parking lot in 20, I just took over the church in 2013. 2015 is when I went full time uh, up until that point, 11 years working a secular job and getting up at 3.30 in the morning and trying to, trying to be a youth pastor. We, God gave us his grace and we was able to do it two years and a half years being a senior pastor. Church was growing, uh, but I had to get up and go to work. I had my two days off was Wednesdays and Sundays. You know what those days are. And so we just did that uh, for 15 years total. And uh, just, uh, but God gave us grace to do that. So 2015 was a year that God was, uh, I didn't do any funerals, any weddings, any counseling, any, anything like that. Just preach, go home, get up. It was tough, and I remember sitting, and I drove down this street, and I came to this building, and I drove back here in this parking lot, and I didn't know what was going on in this building. I knew there was a church in here. I never met the pastor. I never knew what was happening, uh, but I did hear that it was for sale, and another church got it, and, um, and I just began to pray, and I said, God, I pray for that church. Whatever you want to, is going on in that church, I pray for them, that, God, you would bless them, and I just prayed a blessing. And I was saying, God, you know, if you ever gave us a building, God, if you would ever do something at River of Life, could, could you, when is, when is our time going to come, God? When am I, I going to have to quit delivering donuts and bread and really begin to jump into this ministry and, and just dive in and give myself totally to the work of God? I promise I'll preach the best sermons I can ever preach. I'll study for hours. I'll be there for everybody that needs me. I'll, I'll just pour myself into the ministry. I was at the January of 2015, and I got a word from the Lord, and the word, and I wrote it down in there, and the word of God says that good work he has begun in you, it will complete it. And he gave me a personal word, and he says this, eyes have not seen, nor ears have heard, nor has it entered into the heart of men of what I got prepared for you. And I tell you what, you can read that verse, and it gives you a little bit of chills, but when God Almighty speaks a word like that into your heart, I'm telling you, sitting back in this parking lot, this building was not even on the radar. I had no idea that in just a few years later, we would be in this building, having renovated it, and reaching people all over the place. Come on, can I tell you that God's word will always come to pass? He is able to do exceedingly and abundantly and above all things that you can ever ask or think or imagine. Those words today, I'm trying to get you hungry for a word from the Lord of what he wants to do in 2021. And I read, read through there and God just gave us words. You need to write this down. How do you know when it's a word from God? 
And it's not just a personal goal. Because we have goals, and I think it's important that you do have goals. But a, a God moment will be a blessing to more than just you. That's how you know it's a word from God. Uh, a God moment. So here, here's what it is. I skipped over this, but when you hold on to the promise of God, the Spirit will lead you to the moment of God. When you hold on to the promise of God, like Simeon did, like Joseph did, like Abraham did, Isaac and Jacob, all of them did. When you hold on to that promise of God, the Spirit of God will always lead you to that God moment. It will lead you to that moment. And the moment will always, it will always be bigger than you. People say, well, I, got, you know, I want to get my degree. That's good. That's good, and it, but it's really something that's going to benefit you the most. Now, you use it in whatever. Now, if you, you say, my moment is to have a, have a restaurant or a business because I want to open it up and be a blessing to people. And okay, that could be a God moment. Or, you know, I want to, want to lose 10 pounds. Ain't nothing wrong with that. You know, that, that, that's more of a goal that benefits you. Don't really benefit us too much. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Makes us feel bad because we didn't lose 10 pounds. You know what I'm saying? But when you get a God moment, a God promise, it will be a blessing to more than just you. Because a lot of these things, these goals that we had, my first prayer when I first got saved was, God, I pray for a million dollars. I did. I actually prayed that. I was delivering and I was on, in St. Clair Shores on the east side and all these big, beautiful mansions on the, right on the river there. And I said, look at these houses. And I said, God, if I had a house like this, I, I would have a prayer meeting. I would, I would have the homeless in there. I would open it up. I mean, I'm thinking all like this. So I, I, I pulled my truck over. I can almost take you to the corner. And I said, God, I pray for a million dollars. Just give me the winning numbers this week. <laughs> How many love those new convert prayers? Amen. I mean, you just, you just don't know what to pray. I mean, that's just where I was. Some of you are waiting for me to give you some numbers. Amen. Listen, you need to get saved. Help us, Lord Jesus. But if God would have gave me a million dollars, that would have been the worst thing he's ever done in my, to me. I would not be here today. I would not be back here praying that God would do something. Because the blessing that God has blessed us with is blessing more than just me. When Simeon got his moment, the Bible says he went in and then he turned to Mary and Joseph and he blessed them. And then the only place in the entire Bible, it says in verse 27, that he held the baby and blessed God. No one has ever blessed God in the Bible. Your God moment is going to be something that's bigger than you. Your God moment will be a blessing. It will be something that will impact people all over, either your family. It will be a, one of those moments that will bring change to everybody in your circle. That's what a God moment is. And then the Holy Spirit led him to his moment. I want us to stand. I want to quit preaching right there. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit led him to his moment. We're getting ready to go into this new year. And I love when he walked in, he just happened to see Mary and Joseph. It, don't, it, it made it sound in the text that he didn't plan on going that day. He didn't plan on going that day. It says, and then he was led by the Holy Spirit into the temple. He, he was no relation to Mary and Joseph. He did not have to be there for that baby dedication. But he just went. Back to my journal, I can't tell you how many times that I was just at the right place at the right time. When God's moment took place. One of them I remember is God was dealing with me to leave the job. 
being with him in prayer, he was speaking to my heart very strongly about looking for a, a different job. And I loved having that job. I had a three-day weekend, uh, and, but I didn't like because I, the atmosphere that I was working in, I had to go into strip clubs. I had to go into bars uh, at this particular job. And for me, trying to recover and come out of that lifestyle, I was, it was a very, very struggle for me. It was very hard. I prayed. I fasted. I, I did everything, but it was just every, it was a battle for me to try to get, be this man of character and, and live that kind of life. But I was afraid. I was afraid of taking a risk. And this is for somebody today. Simeon had to take a risk. You got to take a risk when you step out of faith. We took a risk to get this building. He took a risk when, when I changed my life and started going to church. I took a risk when I began to cha- make these changes in my life. And as God began to just work in my life, he began to bring things to pass in my life. And I, I saw that in my, in my journal. I prayed and I said, God, I need to make this change, but I don't know how to do it. And I went to a revival night. My dad was preaching. It was at a service in Plymouth. And we were all outside. It was a tent revival. Love them. And I brought my family. It was like a Friday night. And there I am at this tent revival instead of out running around. And I just happened to walk in and I sat there and this guy, I never met him before in my life. He just tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, uh, I know you don't know me, but my name is so-and-so. And I don't know, but it's like God just told me that you're looking for a job. And I said, whoa. I said, yeah, matter of fact, I am. He gave me his card. He said, hey, I work for Intamin's Bacon Company. You heard of him? I said, no. <laughs> he said, well, we, he heard a hostess. I said, yeah, we all love Twinkies. He goes, don't ever say that again. He said, it's a good job, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Delta Dental. He said, you'll be surprised what you can make delivering, delivering donuts. I said, oh, thank you. Gave me that card. I went into that job, called them up, and they let me get into the interview. I was interviewed by two guys that ran that district. The one guy said, let me just do this. He shut the door. He sat back down. He said, I've had 17 years with Frito-Lay. I've had 10 years with this company. He said, in all of my life, I've never done this before. But I just want to look at you right now. There's just something about you. And I just want to offer you the job right now. He says, you can start next week. He said, the only thing is, is you got to have a good driving record. I had a suspended license. I had a DUI. <laughs> I wasn't always safe. Come on, somebody. Don't judge me. I looked at my head and listen, nine points on my driving record. I just got it because my company was doing a uh, analysis and they told me I had nine points on my record. I got, and I said, oh my gosh. I walked out of that place. I went to the church after service. There was a time for prayer. I went up and got prayer and her name is Shirley from DWO. Shirley come down and she said, what can I pray for you for Eddie? I said, I need a miracle. I got an opportunity to get this job. He said, I said, this is going to sound crazy, but I need God to do a miracle. I got too many points to get this record. She said, ain't nothing impossible for God. I said, but you don't understand. She goes, no, you don't understand. I said, no, you don't understand. She said, with that Shirley voice, no, you don't understand. <laughs> now, when Shirley said that, you better listen. She says, you don't understand what God can do. And I said, I need a miracle. She said, lift your hands. She said, we, she just prayed a simple prayer. There was no chill bumps. I didn't get slain in the spirit. Nothing wrong with all of that. I've been through that. Amen. I believe God does that and moves. But something in my heart just said, I'm going to believe it. It's hard to do that when you got a piece of paper from Lansing with red ink on it. Final notice. But I got, I said, okay. 
Waited about a week, waited two weeks. That's it. They got my driving record. I get a call. Yeah, this is Joe Doty from uh, Best Foods Baking Company. Just want you to know that everything came back clean. We want you to start Monday morning. So I went ahead and asked for my license. They gave me a copy of my record. I carried this in my wife's purse, not my purse, but my wife's purse, for the first two years to show people this. It's a piece of paper I can show you. It's got my name, number of points, zero. I don't know how that happened. Now let me just tell you this, because I also had to pay thousands of dollars in restitution in in other fines. And I said, God, please, if you did it once, you can do it again. Come on, Shirley, come on. I got to go find Shirley. No, God said, no, no, no. And the word spoke to my wife and actually said, no, what Eddie did, he's got to pay restitution for because I'm a just God. And he, I had to pay restitution. But for the driving record, he miraculously, out to the day I die, I will tell you that that worked a miracle. And I got that job. And I was there until I went full-time into this ministry. Whatever you're believing God for, I'm telling you, it's not impossible for God to do. Whatever the, the diagnosis is, whatever the state says, whatever your legal situation is, what I don't care what it is, I'm telling you, get a word from God. One word from God. And it will bring change. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord right now. Father, as we just close out this year, I pray that you would speak fresh words into your people. God, that you would just speak fresh words into your people. Come on, if you need a fresh word, just ask him to give you that fresh word right now. Father, those that maybe have words from you before that that have not come to pass and they've forgotten about them, Lord, we bring them out to you right now. God, it's not too late. I hear the Lord say, it's not too late. It's not too late. Simeon, it's not too late. Your moment is going to come. In Jesus' name. Jesus name in Jesus name and just lift your hands to the Lord Father I just bless your people right now I pray God that your anointing will come upon us Lord Father that you will God just give us that strength that encouragement this week Lord as we reflect back on this message and we look ahead to 2021 we're going to believe you for our moment for mo- a year's going to this year's going to be filled with moments for God moments to happen you've led us here you've given us this church you've brought us into the faith you've brought us together and Father you let us hear this message today it's going to come to pass just as you say in Jesus name Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people, and you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.